Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Begin Again. Happy Monday. I hope you guys had a great week last week. Um, I can't wait to share this conversation with you guys today. Today, you're going to hear from Eliana Reyes. Eliana is a traveler and she's an adventurer and she is playful and joyful and she's also a speaker and a writer and she's creative and uh, I can't wait for you to hear the conversation that we had. Eliana and I met working for the same organization a few years ago and we spent quite a bit of time on the road for the same organization traveling speaking and she and I got to know each other uh, in that way and then have just become friends in the years since and she is really she's the reason that I ended up in Thailand she's the reason that I went to Chiang Mai on a crazy one-way flight She's based in New York, but um, when I wrote her to ask about interviewing her for this podcast, she said she was in Thailand, and I should come interview her from Thailand, and I said, okay. (laughs) So that's how all of this happened. That's how all of that started was because of Eliana. Um, We talk a little bit about that in the episode as well. Uh, We'll dive right into that here in just a second, but I wanted to also let you know, if you don't know already about the Instagram that we have, Begin Again Pod on Instagram, um, sharing photos from the road, stories from people that I meet on the road, pictures of faces and sunsets and waterfalls and uh, things that I'm learning and picking up while I'm here. Also, the website, beginagainpod.com has um, these podcast episodes, a blog, if you're not reading the blog, um, sharing some stories and adventures and lessons from the road on there as well. would love to have you guys on there and get your feedback and get your thoughts and, um, and hear from you. Soon, um, like in the next couple of months soon, you will also be able to find an events page on the website. We are going to start doing workshops and events And I cannot wait to meet you guys. I'm hoping to have a retreat or two, maybe a little getaway on the calendar this year for listeners and um, and friends and folks who are connected to the show. I never intended for this to stay just uh, in your ears once a week. I want to see your faces and I want to hear your stories and get to know you a little bit better as well. And who knows, maybe some of those conversations end up on the pod as well. But anyways, stay tuned. Check in on the website every couple of weeks. Make sure you're up to date um, on the blog and soon the events. I can't wait to see you face to face and get to know you and hear your stories. For now, ladies and gentlemen, I can't wait for you to get to know Eliana Reyes. Enjoy this conversation. I hope that you have as much fun listening to it as we had recording it. Enjoy. Hi! <laughs> Look how we're doing. We are in Chiang Mai. I'm here with Eliana Reyes. Eliana is the reason that I'm in Chiang Mai, really. Um, in October, I think it was October 31st or 30th, it was around Halloween, um, I knew that I wanted to interview some of my New York-based friends for the show, and I reached out and I asked if they would be around in January, because I knew that I would have some time, and Eliana was like, actually, I'm going to be in Chiang Mai. But you should just come to Chiang Mai and we can do it there. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And so I booked a flight to Chiang Mai (laughs) that day. It was like a 10-minute decision. Just a one-way. Just a one-way flight. And it's been like one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. So I don't know that I've officially formally thanked you for the invitation. 
well, you're welcome. <laughs> is the reason that I am here is that invitation and an impulsive. All right, I'll book a flight to Chiang Mai. Getting people right now. Ways. That is <laughs> that is what you do, and that is one of the things that I love the most about you is that that is what you do. This is not the first time that you've come <laughs> to, or the second time that you've booked a one-way flight. Just you never know where the dance of life and travel is going to take you. So I, why put a date limit to it? Yeah, you, know, you don't have to. You don't just, have to. Okay, you just leave whenever you feel like leaving. If you have that freedom or even that choice. So. Yeah. Plus, it's cheaper, too. It is cheaper. <laughs> Thank you. People are like, oh my gosh, you must be spending a fortune. Like, no, not at all. Yeah, my flight here was like 300 Yeah, my flight was $350. It's like, it was cheaper to come here than it would have been to go to Seattle. Yeah, it's just great. I'm like, well, whenever so, I'm okay. ready, hopefully I have the other 300 too. <laughs> 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 Hopefully the money will show up. It always does. Yes. It always does. Oh my gosh. What are you doing here? What are you doing in Chiang Mai? <laughs> uh, wow. Well, I'm uh, figuring that out now. <laughs> I came to Chiang Mai for the first time a year ago. I was backpacking. It was another solo trip. But uh, this solo trip felt like it was the first solo, first solo trip. I I've taken so many before. But this one, because it was to Asia and it was a different continent, it wasn't languages that I you know, could speak, it was different. And it ended up being the best five-month journey and gift that I could give myself. Mm. Um, when I came to Chiang Mai, it was my fourth country out of the eight that I explored in five months. This was last year. Yes, this was last year. When I came to Chiang Mai, I just... It felt like Chiang Mai hugged me and said, let's have a seat here for a while. Nice. You can't leave. and that's Let's have a seat here for a while. Yeah, that's kind of the magic this place has. If you talk to any of the people traveling and you ask them, how did you end up here? Most of them will have a let's have a sit here for a while moment. And, you yeah. Know, it just, it's a place of a lot of healing. And at the time, that's exactly what I needed after a very... Rough 2016, feeling like a lot of chapters in my life were closing, experiencing mm. some emotional, traumatic things that I went through. It was finally a time to slow down and be with myself enough to realize, oh, we need to release and heal from some things that impacted me in a way you know, more than what I would have thought. Yeah. And so Chiang Mai was, was the place for that. And while here in Chiang Mai, I was just dancing, exploring, doing the things that I wanted to do that brought me joy, that brought me happiness. I was more in touch with myself, more in touch with my body. It was like, it was like I was coming home to myself. Mm, I was coming home to myself. And I said, wow, I was meeting people, traveling with people, really getting to know another side of Eliana that had been hiding in the closet for a while. Yeah. What part of Eliana did you know? Tell me a little bit about you. Where are you where are you from? What are you doing here? <laughs> so I was born in Dominican Republic. That's the hardest question. Where are you from? Well, how do we answer that? I was born in the Caribbean and I was like I tell people here raised in the northern jungles of northern New Jersey <laughs> and some of New York. And that's where I was raised. Um, but I've always traveled. And 
Yeah, I'm, so I'm here now. <laughs> so now you're now you're from Chiang Mai. For now a uh, now I'm learning to live in my body, and and it sounds cheesy, but really learning to live in my body and and realizing that that home is anywhere, anywhere that I am. Was that important in your family growing up? Did your family travel? Are they all kind of gypsies like you are? I think conceptually and at heart, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. We, now more than ever we've traveled more and everyone mm -hmm. is traveling i mean my mom has even taken trips by herself with her sisters and our cousins traveled together just last year i went to bermuda with my cousins on uh, not bermuda sorry um saint martin they do this trip every year nice. so i think it's always been there i think I would like to hope that I had some type of influence or inspiration in my family since I yeah. always travel a lot and make it seem easy because sometimes it is easy. And and so, yeah, and now my family travels a lot more. Yeah, seeing, seeing you do that. Yeah, but also because I think it's always been there and it's just a matter of giving yourself permission yes. to do what's always been there. Yeah, yeah. I hear that a lot on the road and even in teaching yoga classes, I think people are craving permission slips well and elizabeth gilbert talks about all the time in her work and her writing like she considers her work to be giving people permission slips to to do what they want to do with their lives like for some reason we have built up this idea that we we can't do the things that our insides tell us to do because it's too selfish or it's um i don't know it's not we're not hustling enough or it's not it's not i don't know i think probably that it's too selfish but i just i call bullshit on that i call it with you <laughs> I think it's so important we have no idea the joys and the pleasures and the revelations that we're missing out on because we haven't given ourselves permission to pursue that one thing yes that one thing it could be it could be oh I want to go abroad for a month or it could be you know I've always been curious about taking that dance class or I've always been curious about trying that these curiosities and these mm. urges that come to us for me they're signs they're indications of the path that we have to take for the moment because we have no idea what's waiting for us at the end of that path yeah and so if we don't follow those inner urges and those inner curiosities wow we're we're missing out we're missing out i keep i'm reminding myself over and over again i have these moments that remind me on this trip like if i hadn't come and i had a lot of opportunities to change my mind if i hadn't come i would have let myself down so bad and i never would have even known it i would have stayed and it's not like i, I have a bad life you know it's not like it's not like i'm escaping some sort of trauma or or something to come here i didn't have a bad life i'm happy um, I have good relationships and friendships, and but there was just something inside of me that was like, no, you've got to do this. You've got to go. And I wonder, I wonder what it's like to be a person who lives somewhere else in the world, even if it's just for a little while. I had to see it. I had to do it. And you, watching you do it, like gave me that nudge, like gave me my permission slip. Like, no, people do this. It's not crazy. It's yes. not selfish. It's not wrong. People do this, and you are allowed to go explore this part of the world or this part of yourself yes. in the world. And I'm so thankful. Isn't even doesn't even contain how 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 glad I am that that I'm here that I that I let myself do this. I'm so proud of you. And that see that's I think that's the dance of life. We see one person dancing on the floor. We're like, mm -hmm. oh, 
Oh wait, wait, wait! I got moves. I got moves too. Yes. I want to dance. And then you get on the floor. And then the people next to you are like, "Wait, she's dancing on the floor? Hold on, I could definitely dance." And you dance, and you have no idea where that dance is gonna take you. You have no idea what kind of moves your body's hiding that you didn't even know you could move that That's way. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. But I'll say this: at the end of the dance, or in the middle of the dance, or at some point, you will smile in a way that you have not smiled before because mm. you will realize something you will get pleased in a way that you're like oh wow this trip just touched me in a certain way or this dance just moved me in a certain way and you that's just i think the mystery and adventure of life that we should pursue and explore because it could be a, a a dish that you taste that you've never tasted that changes you. Mm-hmm. It could be something you witness in the street that changes you. It could be a conversation with a stranger that changes you. It could be unexpected accidents that change you. <laughs> Anything and everything on the path that you choose, the path of pursuing the urges and the curiosities and, and the dance and seeing where it takes you, everything on the path is going to color your life in a way. It's going to plant some seeds. It's going to water some seeds that have already been planted. Or it's going to actually make those seeds grow and blossom and show you a beautiful part of yourself that you've been craving and wanting. Mm. Have you always been a person who just said, oh, screw it. I'll book a flight and go. Or did like what happened in your life? What, what was it that made you the person that books a one-way flight to backpack for five months through eight countries in Southwest Asia. Yeah, I don't know if I've I've always been a curious person. That Mm. I've always been. I've always been a curious person, and I've always liked to pursue my my curiosities. I've also been a going-with-the-flow person. Let's see what happens. I've been good at that. Even when I was in college, just saying, hmm, I think I should do this. And then I would go do that or follow the cravings. I didn't always have the confidence or courage Mm. to pursue these curiosities, especially growing up because at the time, uh, you know, I was wearing masks, masks of perfectionism. uh, And with that mask of perfectionism comes so much, comes the fear. Yeah, you can't rock the boat. Yeah, Mm. it comes with the fear of making a mistake. Like, oh, but if I do that, how am I going to be perceived? Mm -hmm. Is that right or wrong? I was stuck in the right or wrong personality, uh, mentality. There is no right and wrong. What could have been wrong for me could have been right for another person. So I was really stuck because of my masks. And because of that, my my curiosity wasn't tended to all the time. Mm, Not for big things. That, that tending to it. Like it's yeah, it's like, something that can die. You have to tend yeah, to it. You have it. to tend to it. It's 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 there. It, it, you hear a knock. So I would I was exercising it for small things like day to day activities, things I was involved in in college, things that I felt were like safe or under my control, right? Because when mm. you're wearing that mask of perfectionism, it's like I need to control the scenario, the situation. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't tending to the bigger curiosities of my heart, uh, the the bigger things that I felt I had no control of. Um, but regardless, everything, everything works out. I, I, I say this all the time. Things always come full circle. I know you've mentioned this before. Nothing in the past is wasted. That the mask mm. of perfectionism still served me and all the curiosities I didn't follow in the past still served me because me restricting 
the pursuit of those curiosities in the past, that energy just converted into an even bigger desire hmm. to really pursue yeah. everything that shows up. Like fearlessly, joyfully, like let's do this. And so shortly after and as I dealt with my inner nature and inner world and inner truth and healed and took off the mask, then I started to follow the big curiosities like, oh, I want to go explore my own country, Dominican Republic. I've never been there. Let's backpack there. Let's buy a one-way ticket. Hmm. You know, oh, let's buy a one-way ticket because one is cheaper, two, I don't know how long I'm going to be there. And then, boom, doing that now gave me confidence for bigger pursuits. Oh, I want to go and do this. So the more you follow these curiosities, it's also building your confidence to have faith for bigger things and to follow the bigger nudges. That's so good. I've heard a lot of, in conversations like these, and even with a few folks who've been on this show, a theme is like, just start where you are. You know, you don't have to, if you're, if you want to start a project or you want to start a business, you don't have to have the 10 year plan right in front of you. If you want to backpack, if you want to travel, or if there's some adventure you want to go on, you don't have to know where you're going to end up. You don't have to have the the whole A to Z plan when you get started. You just got to take, all right, what can I do right now? What can I, what step is right in front of me that I can take? What can I do right now? And then maybe one day you book a one-way flight to Thailand. Maybe you don't. But but um, I think a huge part of giving ourselves permission to follow our curiosities is, like, just go a little bit at a time. Yes. You know, it doesn't have to be big and dramatic and huge and mind-blowing. Um, that's not sustainable, and it gets boring after a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you run out of steam, and people get tired of you, I think, if everything is big and dramatic all of the time. That's not what anyone's expectation is, and it's not certainly not what your expect- expectation should be of yourself. Like, what's in front of me right now? What adventure could I take today? Yeah. What curiosity could I tend to today? What makes me say, I wonder if, today? And then follow that. Follow yes. that right where you are. Yes, right on. Even when I was still living in Jersey, exactly, you're, you're spot on. I would say, hey, where can I go today? Where can What town can I go visit that I haven't visited today? Because it was still that wanderlust. It was still that, like, exploring yeah. something new, whether that's a place, whether that's a person, whether that's a concept, whether that's a philosophy I don't know about. But that's my play nature, and I think mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with play. it. That has we a have lot played to do that. We've, trip. We have played a lot. I played. I think. I think for people that might look at others who are traveling and buying a one-way ticket, and it seems like life is perfect. First of all, it's not perfect. Second of all, it's not healthy to compare ourselves to those people. I think it's key to understand and find what is my play style. Yes. And what is my play nature? Because in essence, that's connected to our happiness. And, I, and I've done some so much reading on playing. Again, coming from a person who didn't give herself permission to play a lot in the past. Mm. And exploring is one of the play styles. It's one of the play natures. And that happens to be the way that I play. So when yeah. I'm exploring, whether it's a place by traveling, a person by talking and exploring their mind, music, whatever it is, I'm at my happiest. I'm as a kid. And it just so happens that, well, I play a lot in my day-to-day with music and other stuff, and then every so often I buy a one-way. <laughs> because that's bigger play. That's you know? big play. <laughs> but that's I, interesting. What are some of the other play styles? So this information comes from a psychiatrist named Dr. Stuart Brown. 
and he must be in his late 70s and, and he's written a book on play and he's talked a lot about play. I think his office is in a treehouse. He's embraced play to oh the fullest. Oh my gosh. It's phenomenal. Really study, study him if you haven't, Dr. Stuart Brown. And anyways, he says that he says a lot of interesting things. One of them being that I remember it impacting me is people who are depressed or like the opposite of depression is, is just a lack of play. Like when mm. we're not, we grow up and we, we leave our little kid behind. We stop playing. We don't play like when we used to. But if you study kids, for those of you who have, who have parents, who those of you who are parents and have kids, if you study kids, they will naturally gravitate to a certain style of play. They might dress up more and perform. They might be very competitive. They might draw and create things with their hands. They might build things with blocks and stuff. People always gravitate to a style of playing. And if you're able to detect that style of playing, it's it's very high indication of how they're going to play as adults. And so the key is, he says, to find what your play style is out of, I think he gives an example of eight or nine, I don't remember. And if you know which one is yours, then try to incorporate incorporate it in your day-to-day life. And so some of these examples are, um, so Explorer is one. These are the people that like to travel and move around. These are also the people that could come across as big flirts. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> this, is my, this is my academic excuse for being a flirt. <laughs> And when like people that. say you're a flirt, I'm like, no, honey, I just love exploring. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, I want to explore your mind. <laughs> so, explore together. So, yes, explorers. So, the people that love exploring. The other place that was storytellers, which I think this is uh. one of you. This is also my secondary one. Storytellers are the people that love to read books. They love to follow shows, watch movies. They like to see character development. They like to find who they are in a specific plot and compare themselves to those characters. They follow stories. That's another one. Another one is competition. So these are the people that everything is a game and everything's competition. They they just love competing. That's that's how they play. They have to make it a competition. They ha- even if it's going to the grocery store, whoever gets there first, everything for them is can I get there first? <laughs> They're you, the ones calling shotgun every time you, you get might, in the car. You might be thinking of some of those people right now. So that's competition. <laughs> the other one is the joker. These are the class clowns, the people that walk into a room that's too serious or conservative and have to make a joke because they have to make people laugh because it's too dense of an atmosphere. So these people are just always cracking up, <laughs> always making a funny story. That's how they play, by making and finding the, the funny things and in, in, in people. Another one, number five, is uh, the collectors. These are the people that find joy in collecting things, whether it's stamps, stickers, pens, belts, shoes, CDs, music. If they have more money, cars, um, watches, perfumes. They just love gathering stuff and collecting stuff. so funny. That is not me. I love throwing things away. (laughs) Me too. I think I might live with a collector. <laughs> like, it is difficult yeah. sometimes. She, she, I think I drive her crazy. I'm like, can we throw this out? She's like, no, that was a gift. Yeah. I didn't. 
Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> but these people find joy in collecting it's things. Sometimes it. it could be collecting books or quotes or thoughts or mm. that kind of stuff. In your case, collecting stories, maybe. Yeah. That might be the only thing. Um, so that's that. Then you have, I think it's called uh, Kinetic or something like that. These are the people that, they're movers. These are the people that play sports. They dance, they play sports. Mm. Movement is the way that they play. So they constantly have to work out. You know, some people are like, yeah. they have to build that habit like me. Like, that's not naturally in my body <laughs> to just, like, work really? out. I understand. E- even, <laughs> even though I love dancing, I, I don't feel like dancing every day. That's not my play style. <laughs> These people that are movers, they have to work out every day. They have to move their body in some way because yeah. that's how they, they feel it. Um, and then there's there's two more. I think, I don't fully recall. I think one of them is, uh, like, an organizer. Hmm. Or like an event. These are the people that do like Facebook groups. They do events. They they oh, plan stuff. I wish I could be that person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to lie to myself and tell myself I'm that person. Like, oh yeah, I'll put that together. I'll make that event oh, page. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll build that. Yeah. No, these won't. people find joy. You're in... gonna go chase a butterfly. Exactly. <laughs> and hug a tree. And hug a tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So you're gonna spend two hours on Google flights just dreaming. You're not gonna make that. You're not. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. yeah. These people are it. really good at. At event planning, organizing, gathering people, planning events, uh, planning game nights, planning dinner nights. Like, that's how they play. And there's, like, two more. I don't remember, but it's it's very interesting to look at. Yeah. I think there's a quiz that you can take, although just by reading them, you'll know. And so I think that's important to have more awareness of your play nature and to incorporate it in your daily life. In the little things... And then in the big things. And then to not get caught in the trap of comparis- comparison <laughs> when you're trying to figure out how you play, right? That's such that's really eye-opening for me, just hearing you describe those things, because how often we compare ourselves to people all of the time for all different kinds of oh. things. But my particular brand of play, which is exploring, which is storytelling, might not be someone else's brand of play, but it would be really easy to see pictures from, you know, from my life and think, oh, I wish that was my life. Well, no, go explore the way that you like to play and feel just as much joy and experience just as much joy as I'm experiencing here. And don't try to force my style of play to be your style of play because then it's not play anymore. No. Right? Then we're just... Then we're miserable. Beating ourselves. We're miserable. We're really miserable. This comparison, I mean, I've... I've compared myself. That's like a demon that comes in and out and I've written about it and spoken about it, but it's, it's just so unhealthy. One, it's a, it's a, it's a sign of not having gratitude towards the things you have. Yeah, Yeah, it is a huge, that's true. That is a huge indicator of a lack of gratitude. It's you've left the eyes from your plate and the food that's on your plate. And you've started to see the, the food that's on everyone else's plate and saying, well, why don't I have that broccoli? Well, am I not, like, good enough for the fucking broccoli? Like, what, what, what? Sorry, can we curse here? <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, you know, why don't I have that? Why don't I have that? And we, one, we're not appreciating that we we have yeah. different veggies and fruits and stuff on our plate. But two, we don't know the dietary needs of that person, and that's why they have that food. Therefore, we are out of tune with our own needs at the moment. Yeah. Because if we were grateful and in tune with what we need, we were like, no, 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 no. 
I need this right now. Yeah. I may not have broccoli, but I need to eat all these fried foods right now. Because <laughs> right. There will be a day where I will eat the broccoli, but that is not today. You know, and you, you just <laughs> you just have to know that life is a cycle. Like plates just keep passing on, you know, and at one day you're just gonna have a freaking plate of broccoli or a plate of fruit that you're gonna be ready for that you know it's just that you're gonna write that book or you're gonna be the one traveling or you're gonna be that one in that beautiful relationship and it's gonna be the time when you are ready for that so there's it's it's so harmful to compare ourselves i've done it all the time yeah well and especially i mean it's so over talked about i think but it's because it's relevant with social media um especially when what you're trying to Mm, what's the best way to say that? When um, when building your um, your brand or your business or monetizing <laughs> your style of play to some degree is wrapped up in that, right? Um, I've started following people and then subsequently unfollowed people when I could tell that, oh, I don't believe you anymore. Like I started following you because I thought what you were saying was interesting and I believed mm-hmm. you, but but um, but I don't believe you anymore. It's it's. I can I can tell that I'm being taken for a ride, or I'm trying to be sold something, or um, I'm just I'm just a follower now. I'm just a number, mm. um, and then to not get caught in that trap when you're the person trying to build something online, you know, like to continue to put out content and say things and and do things that are real and truthful and honest to where you are in your life and how you're playing or working or whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. and not just uh, trying to collect people. Because then you get caught up in that machine of everybody's comparing themselves to everybody else. And sometimes I want to throw my hands and just abandon the whole thing. Like, let's just all go live in the forest and build tree houses. But I feel <laughs> but that's not real life either. I feel you. It has to be a healthy balance. It's very challenging. I think that's the space that I'm still navigating on how to bring a healthy balance to that. Yeah. Because we're, we're living in a generation where I think... We want to be different. We want to be brandless. We don't want to be boxed in. We don't want to be labeled. We want to be our own person. We want to shine. And yet, we're programming ourselves every day with fitting in a box. Mm -hmm. The box is on Instagram. What's the best picture I can represent of myself for fitting ourselves in a box? Yeah. What's the best thing I can show of my day? We're fitting the experience of our day in a box. Yeah. And we get, we're programming our mind every day to just choose the best, just choose the best, just choose what we think others want to see or what we think others want to reply to. And so the very thing we don't want done, we're doing on ourselves by programming, programming. Hmm. Let me fit this in a box. Let me fit this in a box. And Yeah. It's it's a tough balance. I think social media should be a platform for change, a platform to use purposefully to uh, bring light or make bigger the things that you're doing in your natural waking life. Mm. But if you're using it as your waking life and completely disconnected from your reality, that's I think when it just becomes dangerous because then you get addicted to the validation you get addicted to going back to check for likes going back to somebody like that does somebody respond to that it's 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 really that's what are doing there there's been studies on this and that's that's what it's doing that's how it's triggering our brain that's why we go to our phones every I don't know four or five minutes whatever it says to check is there anything new is there a reply Mm -hmm. it's like our brain is like seeking that that validation that that juice that espresso shot and it's just constant 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 so 
it's very tricky land to yeah I guess I'm not doing a great job at it I'll say that right now I I yeah just trying to figure it out how how often do I how often do I post even and I, I yeah, it's so silly the things that we get caught up in because then none of that is actually real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> none, of, none of that. It's all perception and it's all stories. Um, but man, we get we get caught up in it. I follow a travel blogger because she posts some beautiful photos and the caption of one of her photos. She was on the beach and she's in um, she's in Bali, I think. And she said, "I didn't know if I if I should post this because you can see my suntan lines from my other bathing suit." <laughs> it's like. What? Exactly. It's it, it's it's now we're really it's I've man social media is really changing uh, the chemistry in our brain. I think yeah, and it it's I think it's a hard space to navigate. I wouldn't say that I have found it or perfected it. I've been making videos every day and then changing up the way that I share content, and I've noticed uh, at least on some so on one social platform, Instagram. People, more people unfollowed me, and I, and at first I was kind of like, hmm, is it? It made me question myself. Yeah. Because again, it's natural. We're we're in this generation. It's not like before the good old days of AIM <laughs> or AIM. Oh, oh AIM. Rest in peace. Away message. BRB. <laughs> yeah, BRB. Or you can just go to chat rooms. Chat rooms were life. But yeah, it's oh, it's so not like those similar. days. Um, but then. It hit me, and I'm like, no, it's good. It's good that I'm, I'm losing these followers because the truth is that when you start to show up as who you really are, it's you're not for everyone. Yeah. Some people oh, man, don't want to hear your story. Myself of that all the time. Some people don't care that yeah. I'm in Thailand, that I'm traveling. They don't want to hear life advice. They don't want to hear my my insider stories. And guess what? That's okay. Yeah. They're not there. And they don't have to be there. Yeah. But somebody's going to drink the tea that you're serving. And so we have to remember that. Like, if only one person comments on my videos or replies to me, and they've done this before, or they send me a private message, thank you, I needed that, then that was a person that needed that. Yeah. And I can't get that's attached to results. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest, uh, the, the biggest lesson on humility and the biggest lesson for us mm. as creatives entrepreneurs, whatever you call yourself, is not getting attached to results, not getting attached to creations. You do this podcast, you put it out, let it let, let it be for whoever needs to hear our conversation today, not yeah. getting attached to results. Yeah. I put out a video today, it's going to it's gonna serve somebody that's going to serve. It's, yeah. I mean, we've both been speakers, we've both been on the road, mm-hmm. so it's the same kind of dynamic virtually that happens when we're on the road, when you're talking and sharing a heartfelt story to an audience of, I don't know, 500 students, some of those students are going to walk out there and say like, oh, okay, whatever, that was touching, and forget about it. Yeah. Some of those students are going to come back to you with tears like, you just changed my life, yeah. thank you for that. And so I view our work as creatives as nothing but farming. Mm. We are farmers. We are farmers. We really are farmers. We just plant, we just throw out seeds, the seeds of creativity, the seeds of thoughts, the seeds of curiosity. We're just creating and putting out, creating and putting out. And some people are going to grab that seed and that seed has been planted. And some people are just going to be watered. You're just watering. Somebody else planted that seed for them. And your message is just watering it for them. And then there are people that they've been planted with that idea already they've been watered with that idea and you putting out that episode you putting out that message 
is finally just going to make the thing that, whoops, wow, they get it. I got yeah. it. Oh my God, I feel a shift. I feel different. I, I want to go do that. That really motivated me. And, and, and then they're just completely different. Was it necessarily what you put out? No, it was that just contributed to what was already yeah. growing inside. And so if we view it like that and we don't get attached, I think we get rid of so much pressure that we put on ourselves yeah. to, to create the, the right thing or create the thing that goes viral or we don't choose that. It, it, it chooses itself, I think. Yes, that's really good. And, and you're right. We, we have both. That's such a good reminder. We have both been on the road and I think... Um, I talked about this last week, actually, in this on this very podcast. Like when you're on stage and you're and you're delivering a message or a story or whatever it is to people, you have that immediate feedback that um, you know you can tell when you look around the room if they're with you or if they're not. And um, there's something kind of uh, really, um, for me, addicting. <laughs> <laughs> like I just worked that room that was good yes but um and then the crashes are even that much stronger but with what we're doing right now me with this podcast and you with your videos and and we don't know we put it out in the world and I have no idea with who it lands with if it lands but I know that the reason that I'm doing it now is that I know that it I know in myself that it's worth doing I don't have to look out and see the faces Right now, just knowing that I feel alive when I do this, when I have these conversations with you, I feel alive when I do this. Okay, so it's gonna, it's either gonna land with somebody or it's not. I think it is, but it sure is watering me right now. <laughs> it is making me come to life. And I know that it took me to be able to even book that flight or start this podcast. You know, I heard over and over and over and over and over again that I could do this, that I had permission to do this. And it was by people who were doing what we're doing right now, who had no idea they were talking to me. Exactly. But it landed. And it, okay, one day, that little seed sprouted out of the so earth. So my invitation uh, was really, my invitation just landed on ground that was already it ready. Was ready. Two years ago, I would have loved to have been the person who booked a flight, but I don't know that I would have done it. Hmm. But I was ready. When you, when you invited me this time, I was ready. That's, and, that, and that's, for me, this is what makes me, this is the motivating factor of the work that I do. And it's what you mentioned is making people come alive. Like, hmm. how do we come alive? Do the things that make you come alive. And yeah. while we're doing the things that make you come alive, you're planting and watering, planting and watering. And guess what? It's not wasted. Yeah. Nothing that you create out of a place of love and joy is wasted. Yeah. Nothing. Because it's going to reach someone and maybe two years later that person is going to benefit from that seed that you planted. Yeah. And you will never know. Yeah. Or you might know. But it doesn't matter. I think that's the cycle. It's, it's again, it goes back to permission. I'm doing this with love and joy. I'm going to release. Get release. Get release. Get release. At some point, somebody else is going to benefit from that and it's going to help in their journey of coming alive or in their journey of giving themselves permission to actually live. Just like all of the people doing their work gave us, gave us permission, gave us Oh yeah, the, the books we've written, yeah. the interviews that we've seen, the podcasts we've listened to, the, the videos that we, that we listened to and, and looked at, all of that were just seeds planted and has brought us here yeah. in Thailand. 
We're in Chiang Mai. We're in Chiang Mai. Can you guys hear construction and roosters outside? The roosters. Because we're in Chiang Mai. And those things exist side by side. The roosters. roosters the roosters are on 24. Did you hear that motherfucker at 2 a.m. the other day? No. <laughs> I'm going to go across the street and ring his neck. They are. They're loud. They're very loud. Oh, boy. One of the joys. One of the many joys. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, it. So, um, one of my favorite... I'm a fan of Aaron Sorkin and the West Wing, and uh, in that show, whenever anything major happened or something ended, the the slogan, the line always is, okay, what's next? So, we're here in Chiang Mai, you've done this dance, this incredible, which, um, if you ever have a chance to take a dance mandala class, I think that you definitely should. It is incredibly liberating, you don't think that you need it, you don't realize that you need it until it's done, and it's like, oh shit, I needed that. Um... And it's okay if you don't know the answer, because I think most of the time we don't. But, okay, what's next? For me, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's next. I, I've been here for two months, and I came especially because I want to live here and explore what's here for me, and also to dance. Um, as Darren mentioned, I did six weeks of dance mandala training, which is a, a style of free-form movement meditation, Again, here's this this is the thing I discovered in Chiang Mai a year ago because it, it was started and founded here, and it and it changed my life. I never thought that I would find a practice hmm. that would combine everything else that I've always loved: music, dancing, and using dancing as a form of movement meditation for consciousness, for growth, for evolution. The fact that I now can offer that gift to the world and be a facilitator of that is amazing, and I would have, I would have never, I would have never known that I can offer the gift had I not followed my initial curiosity. So, yeah, my life and perspective regarding how I live my life has changed after dance, and now I'm viewing everything as a dance. So, I don't know. I do know that I'm on the dance floor. I'm not sitting on a chair. I'm completely engaged with my body and with the music of the universe mm -hmm. as it comes every day through roosters, through silence, through <laughs> chaos, through music, through conversations with other people. I'm, I'm listening and I'm on the dance floor and I'm looking at my body and saying, okay, what well, feels good? Mm, let's go here next week or let's stay mm -hmm. in our rooms this whole week and uh, have some alone time. And yeah, I, I don't know what's next um, in terms of physical location, but... Mm -hmm what's present now yes. for this year is what's been present for the entire year. And that's just continuing to show up, show continuing up. to show up as my authentic self in whatever way that shows up. It's continuing to share creatively, to share authentically, whatever comes and, and enjoying the questions. Sometimes we're mm. too desperate to, arrive to the answer and then we arrive and okay what's the point but I'm finding the joy in dancing with the question mm. and letting the question take me and make me the answer that's beautiful and I think 
it would be easy for someone who has a mortgage and a family and kids to raise to listen to this and think, well, that's great. We, we've got to listen to these two girls. They don't have, they're not married. They don't have children. They must be independently wealthy, which, by the way, is not true for not either true. of us. Not true. And if you want to send me some money through Cash App, <laughs> I'll send the link behind this <laughs> You just make it work with what you have. You just make it work. Um, but where was I going with that? Oh, um... It does not matter where in the world you are, if you have a beating heart in your chest, and if you have, if you have not allowed your curiosity to die, there is still something for you to chase after. There is still something for you to follow. And maybe you haven't indulged that part of yourself in a while. In a while. Maybe you haven't let yourself play. Maybe, maybe you have a house full of small children who depend on you, and you don't have space or time in your life to book a one-way flight to Thailand. What what can you do right where you are? What makes you say it's as simple as if you can carve out two minutes in the morning or at night or during nap time or whenever it is, if you can carve out two minutes of your day to be quiet and, and, and just listen to the voice that says, I wonder if, that whatever that is, follow that. You don't have to have mountains of free time every day in order to play a little, right? It's it's developing the vision for when the opportunity already exists in front of you right where you are. Developing the ears to hear and the eyes to see, oh, there is an opportunity for me to be curious about this. And maybe it's as simple as not taking things so seriously. Maybe it's maybe it's selling your house, right? If your entire life is built around paying your mortgage to upkeep an image that you think other people expect from you, maybe it's time to reevaluate that shit. If you, especially sure. if you're miserable, for sure. who who gets to say what you're supposed to be in the world except for yourself? Yeah. You know, or maybe if you've got small kids at home, maybe it's just when you, when you're playing with them like really playing like learn from them I, I learned so much I have two little girls in my life they're um, one and almost four and I learned so much from just watching them play the couple of times on this trip where I found myself completely abandoned has been because I've been playing it's not because I've been deep in thought and it's not because I've been um, working really really hard it's because I've been playing so where in your life are there spaces where you can be curious, where you can play? Yeah, and connecting to the why. I think the, the when you ask how, the how is a question of the ego. The mm. how is a question of our inner parent. Okay, how are you going to do that? How are you going to make money? How are you going to mm. do that? Then the how is, you don't ask how. You connect with with the why. Why, you know, oh, I want to eat a cookie. Why? Because I'm hungry and I love cookies. You know, you don't think, <laughs> how, how am I going to get this cookie? Should I bake them? Should I go to the supermarket? Should, you think you, you get stuck in the logistics, you're not going to eat a cookie. But if you get, <laughs> as you can see, I give a lot of examples of food. <laughs> That's because it's lunchtime. But if you focus on the why, and then you focus on how do you want to feel. I want to feel good. I want to feel playful. And just like Darren said, find little moments in your day to play. If I had kids right now and I lived in a house and I was married, that would not change the explorer nature yeah. in me. I mean, I would take my kids on a virtual imaginary, imagine, imaginary trip, maybe bi-weekly. Maybe, maybe this time I'd be like, guys, we are traveling 
to Thailand tomorrow. Pack your bags and I will, I don't know, buy some elephant pattern stuff, do some research. This could be a great educational lesson, by the way. <laughs> Maybe cook some pad thai for the evening, you know, like my husband could do that. And then we will transform the limit room. We will pretend we're on an airplane and then we will just go on an adventure. You don't even have to leave your house. It's really entering a space where you give yourself permission to, to be fun, to be ridiculous and to be you. Yeah, I love that. You mentioned earlier that dance mandala was a practice for you. How important has it been to find practices, especially when you're in a space in your life, in a time in your life where you don't have a whole lot of routine necessarily and a whole lot of predictability? Um, how important are practices for you? For me, it's become extremely important because it's, it's, it's balance. If you live your life with spontaneity and with not a real, not, no real agenda. It's good to have something that's consistent, something that yeah. you can fall on, something that for some people that's working out every day. Um, for some people that's that's yoga, mm -hmm. and for some people that's dancing. For me, it has become dancing. In the past, I've worked out, I've done yoga, I've always wanted to teach something, but it, none of those things ever fit with who I am. And that's why this particular practice of dancing and, and using it as a free-form meditation, letting the music and the, my body, the wisdom that our body holds, kind of lead me into movement while I'm thinking, oh, okay, why is your pain there? Oh, okay, let me play mm. with this pain. Let me, let me move with this pain. Oh, and all of a sudden that pain translates into a movement. Now my body's movement is creating positive energy in me. And I'm like, oh, okay, wow, I feel good. Or wow, that made me cry. Because our body holds so much tension and, and trauma mm. and just things that it receives. Um, but that's a whole different story. So I think that finding a practice, especially when you're on the road or even if you're not on the road, is, is important. Finding what works for you. Mm -hmm. Finding a practice that works for you, that it's your time, that you can fall back on, that you can use it to nurture yourself. Yeah. That's key. And that's another thing that it doesn't have to be... It's going to be yours, just like your style of play is yours. Your practice, you try out a few different things and what really, really works for your sister is not going to work for you, you know? Oh. Or what really, really works for your kid is not going to work for you. Like, be willing to try. Maybe meditation is the thing that you find five minutes a day and you sit still and you're quiet and you don't do anything but sit. Maybe it's dance. Maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's walking. You know, maybe you have 20 minutes every night before um, before the kids go to bed or whatever, where you can walk around the block, even if it's with them. But there's something consistent that anchors you in your life. I, um, right now I've kind of abandoned all of that <laughs> and I can tell like I, I'm, I'm, my whole life has been thrown into this, this trip and there's not a whole lot that I have maintained as consistent and I can tell. And so when I, yeah, it makes a big difference. Well, you're also traveling and then, I mean, and that's okay that you're just traveling. We go yeah. through those moments where we yeah. just completely abandon ship and yeah. continue just like let's take a day at a time and and that's okay too and that's okay because too. i think it makes you go back to your routine with more desire and with more determination so i think yeah. that's important but yeah it's important to just for me it's my morning routines are important sometimes they happen at the same time sometimes they happen very late <laughs> in the morning or sometimes they happen at evening <laughs> but i try to for me, my, my mornings are golden. I try to spend mm. the first two hours with myself. And that could be journaling. That could be in thought. That could be thinking about something that I just experienced. And, of course, it could be dancing or stretching or intentionally breathing. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever works for you, really. Yeah. 
I listened to a really great conversation that actually I think you would enjoy, and I will forward you the link. But um, Dax Shepard of Parenthood and Without a Paddle and what else was he in? He started in Punked. Um, he has a new podcast called Armchair Expert, and I love Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell. I love them together. I love everything that they do, everything that Ellen does with them. I just can't get enough. So he interviews Kristen Bell for the first episode of his podcast, his wife, and I love the two of them talking together in real life even more than I do when they're on little Ellen videos. But anyways, Kristen was talking about, she has really um, studied and embraced the principles in Buddhism around happiness and suffering, right? And I, I hear so much of that from you too. And, and in yoga, I hear a lot of these, um, these truths. And I think no matter what your religious style is, some things are universal, right? And she talks about, is, is, it, is it causing happiness or suffering? And he, Dax asks her a couple of times, like, how do, you, how do you not get caught up in the comparison thing? Or how do you not get caught up in feeling like you're a fraud? Or how do you not get caught up in, in whatever it is? And she says, I just choose not to suffer. I realize that it's a choice whether or not I'm going to suffer. If I'm going to compare myself to that person or my life to this person's life or my career to this person's career, that is a choice. And if it causes me to suffer, I don't have time for that anymore. And when I was younger, I did. And I, I, that resonated with me so much. Obviously, I'm not an enlightened being and I don't have it all figured out. But I, that resonated with me. Like, I don't, I'm not going to choose to suffer. <laughs> if yeah. you're, if you're, whatever you're working through or um, your life or your decisions or your comparisons or opinions, whatever they are, um, might infringe on my happiness, I just don't have time. Absolutely. I just don't have time for it. I am 100 on that. And not, and not from a space of being uncompassionate or like I, I, I have compassion and I have empathy and there are people that I love and I will, will show up. But, um, I can't, I can't, I want to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to choose, and, and you can too. That's what I want to tell people sometimes who I see them spinning their wheels around their own suffering and creating more suffering by choosing to be stuck in the suffering that they're in. I'm like, you could be happy. It is a choice. And I think it takes a lot of work to get to that place where yeah. you realize it's a choice. And I certainly am no expert, but I loved hearing that from Kristen. And I knew that that's something that I hear from you so much. Like, what are you going to choose? I just choose not to suffer. I choose not to 100, suffer. 100. 100. And you said it. But here's the thing. If happiness has to be a choice because if you're always in the pursuit hmm. of happiness, you will always be in the pursuit of happiness. Mm. If you're saying, I'm going to do the next thing that's going to make me happy or I'm finding happiness. Where is that happiness? And we think it's outside. Where is it? Is it in this relationship? Is it in this job? Where is the happiness? For as long as your perspective on happiness is happiness is outside of me and it's something that I have to pursue, the pursuit of happiness, mm. you are already programming your subconscious to not have it. Yeah. It's not in you. You have to chase it. Yeah. It's in someone else. But if you sit where you are and say, no, I can choose to be happy right now and what does that look like be content with your presence yeah. be content with what is when does suffering happen why does suffering happen when we don't accept what is yeah what is right in front of us and we think it has to be different it has to be different i don't want it to be this way i'm uncomfortable this is unpleasant i want it to be a different way it doesn't look like theirs i want it to look like theirs i want their broccoli to go back to your mm -hmm. broccoli but no, that is a choice. Yeah. What What is in the space around you? Are you choosing to suffer or are you choosing to be content? Yeah.
Yeah. Happiness is a choice. Happiness. Yeah. And I, the more I travel, the more I realize that because it is true that old saying that no matter where you go, there you are. Um, just because you take your body to a new place doesn't mean that you abandoned everything else about yourself, where you came from. (laughs) And so if you show up, if you're chasing, like you said, if you're chasing after happiness and you show up in a new place and it's, and you realize it's not there, <laughs> uh, it's not because it's not there, it's because you don't see it. It's because it's already inside of you. Mm. Everything that we need, I believe that. That's what this whole project is about for me. I believe that everything that we need is already hardwired into us. We just have to be reminded that it's there and choose to to see it. Um, and sometimes the you know our suffering is what points us to it, for sure. Oh, Most yes. of the time our suffering is what points and us to it. That's a beautiful gift. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know that I've gotten to the point where I can consider my suffering a gift. <laughs> I'm not that enlightened yet. I'm still like, I, well, am I don't think I'm comfortable. Yeah, I don't think I'm enlightened. But certain things I've learned to accept as a gift. Because then again, I've made myself suffer way longer than what I would have oh, wanted. Oh, make ourselves suffer. There's no, there's no point in that. I think an activity, a very quick activity that helps with happiness that I used to do, and it helped me to appreciate the happiness in my day is. Uh, keep a happiness journal Mm. and every night before going to bed write down three things that made you feel happy in that day and what begins to happen when you do that do that at least for a week what begins to happen is that now in your when you wake up and you're living your day you will subconsciously start to seek happy Mm. feelings and happy moments oh yesterday i was so happy that i had a conversation with darren you're going to seek kind of those conversations. Oh, um, yesterday I was brought with happiness because um, I ate this kind of meal at this time. You just write down these things that make you happy and make you feel happy every day. And you're training your subconscious to seek happiness every day. Yeah. And to embrace it. That is a great practice because it is. It's, it's actively training yourself to seek out the things that bring you joy. Hmm. That, that no matter where you are, where you are in the world or where you are in your life, how are you, how are you training yourself to, to, to see it when it, when it is right in front of you? Yeah. Rather than miss it and suffer. To see it, to be it, to dance with it, to accept it, to welcome it, to lay with it, yeah. to play with it. Mm. To say, oh my God, it's in my space every day. I just have to look yeah. at it instead of like, hmm. Where, where is it? Where is happiness? I got, I got to do something outside of myself to get it. Mm. It's no. like, no, we just... You'll all always be chasing. It's just there. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> You're beautiful. <laughs> well, where can people find you? Um, where can people hear your, hear your story, see your face on the yeah. interwebs? Well, you, they can always go to my website, elianareyes.com. Um... I'm working on a, a new one, so that's coming out soonish. Now that I'm done dancing, or anywhere really on Instagram, if they want to see my videos, they can subscribe yeah. to my YouTube channel. Just find me under Eliana M Reyes. And Instagram, same Eliana M Reyes. Pretty much my full name and anything <laughs> you will find it. <laughs> Eliana M Reyes. Beautiful shining face. Find me. Yeah, you can follow my journey. I made my, a commitment to express and share a video every single day so every single day i release a video and i it's just showing up it's just giving myself permission to be creatively imperfect and Hmm. to be an amateur again and to learn and to share anything that i think i want to share from my day so definitely follow the video journey you can subscribe to youtube find me eliana m reyes and 
yeah, just travel with me. We're exploring life and these same topics that Darren is talking about. So see you there. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, go out today and do something that makes you happy for no other reason than you feel good doing it. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>